the universe, that great one, beyond all names, including all names, for him, her, that. In such mystery is our home, in eternity, everywhere, always. How do we find our way to allow respite, rest within this home? We commence with the present moment <clears throat> and we tend to slightly hold our breath. Every meditation master I've known and had the privilege to sit beside has reckoned with this in his or her or their own body and life. Finding the way to this harmonious dimension within the spiritual heart, into the soul, into life, and remembering, recapitulating, resolving one's own history toward the present within their heart, their breath, that the next moment and breath arising <clears throat> would be of light, of the holy ones, of the sages, of the honored ancestors, of a direction adequate in home in the mystery of God, that in that present moment so sought in their days and years and decades of spiritual practice, they were directing as if they were sailing a, a, a small boat or vessel on the seas of grace. Okay, with all that I have gleaned about how to tie knots and <clears throat> unravel the sail and stand at the captain's wheel, okay, how shall I take the next breath? that I might sail into the winds of eternity. So mysterious, yet real as myself. For the sake of life, that I might live the next moment. Birth my baby safely, or my spouse's child, or my child's child, my grandchild, my neighbor's child, an orphan, a refugee, a stranger, a child of a leader, birth the innocent babe of my own goodness. From all that I am and all that I know, and from the mysterious parts of myself and my kin and all of the human race that I don't know, that my next breath from the depths of my spiritual heart to, to the most profound sincerity of my prayers or my alignment with spirit, with God, with the angels, with the wishes for blessing and virtue. My direction into that great mystery of the present moment to the next moment and all of eternity, everywhere always, would be safe and I would be alive. And then I see you. Oh my goodness, what about you? 
Are you, uh, who are you? Because you're breathing too. Taking your next breath beside my next breath. Or slowly dying and I'm sitting beside you to be a strength and loving compassion beside you as you die. Or a strength and loving compassion beside your spouse or your parent or your child or your sibling or your neighbor or the nurse tending you or the hospice worker. What happens then is we try to find a safe place where we are in control of the mystery of the next moment and we, we lose the experience of what is being revealed to us beyond our control, yet including our control. So <clears throat> if we deliver a baby, and we are a midwife or a practitioner in health and social care, we know that the delivery is never exactly what our mind and our plans intend for it to be. I remember a beautiful birth which occurred many years ago, 30 years ago, to a couple that I know. And all of a sudden, an uncle who hadn't been in touch with the family for many years became in touch with the mother-to-be and her husband, like the day before the delivery. He just found them and called. I found you. How are you? We live a few hours away. Oh, Uncle, we're just going to have our first baby tomorrow. Tomorrow in the next few days. Ah, that's wonderful. Maybe we can see you soon. And out of the blue came a natural godfather to the baby. Just... Here he is. Here is your uncle. Here is the great uncle of this coming child. And within four hours of the phone call, she went into labor. So a phrase that I have utilized a thousand, thousand times is, one couldn't choreograph it if one tried. The study of grace, the study of Baraka, the study of the great mystery embodied safely through our loving attention to the Creator, the one beyond all names, but including all the names we give to the Divine, from the most silent to the most sacred, the most traditional, the most contemporary, the most secular. We are at rest in our heart of hearts, in our breath, always in that name. Letting ourselves be who we really are, the creation is a dewdrop of that vast ocean. So intricately perfect that an uncle comes forward out of the blue with a phone call after almost four decades of not really any attention to the specific person in his family. He wasn't distant from them. They were just not relevant to his raising his own children and 
grandchildren. Oh yes, my sibling's child way out there, several thousand miles away. Yes, I always loved that sister and her children. It's great. Her baby's safely born. How wonderful. Let's send a card or a gift. And then these independent lives in the modern world went on year after year, decade after decade, until the phone rang one day as another child was coming to the earth where the uncle was inextricably compelled toward the niece and her husband and the coming babe whom he hadn't known of. And we tend to know in our hearts, oh, I know this one. Where the Holy of Holies is in control. And a benevolent experience of life occurs through the, through the newborn babe, the mother, the father, the extended family, the great uncle. This constellation of intimacy includes what we can control, the telephone call, visiting the uncle when the baby's a month and a half old, beginning a very beautiful, deep relationship across the miles. I always wanted a godfather like this in my own life. My child gets to have that. How wonderful. Or we're jealous of it. This parent was not, but it occurs. Well, I'm jealous of that. Or I don't know if I can let them be close. You know, I, I don't know. I want to pick my own people who are close to my child, which is extremely popular these days. I want to design a life for myself. And humans have always had this. I want someone from a different tribe close to my spouse, or only the people from this side of my family close to my, my marriage. And only, only a teacher from that year of school is good enough for me. We use our mind and our ego and our emotions and the cells of our bodies to remember armoring and weaponry so that how to control the future is based on an egoic idea of fame and victimization based on the past. I, I will be sort of cool if I do this and I will sort of be needy if I do this or I will conquer everyone if I do this or I will be really in a difficult place and need everyone to help me if I do this. We tend to cause a sailing of the ship that's off base, tipping over till the rudder almost pops out of the water beneath us. And we're sailing to where we think we want to go or we saw somebody else go and we think, if I did this, dressed like this, studied like this, lived like this, was kind or used curse words or was arrogant or pornographic or renowned or put this artifice on, I could try to protect myself as I make my way with adequate knowledge and sophistication and wealth and physical health to make it through the battle of the next breath. And so we need a certain understanding of survival, just like a baby bird learns in many ways, carries instinctively, and at the same time learns to some extent through the, the parents, the mother and father birds. 
But we need at the very center of this, the open cup. In the Judeo-Christian religions, the idea of something being revealed is very close to the truth of how the relationship with God occurs in us. Next breath, the breath is revealed through our lungs, our cardiovascular system into all of our organs, all the cells of our body. And we are stimulated through that to cause and think and be and enact certain patterns of behavior instinctively and through learned experiences and through integrating concepts, it would be good to go this way. I, I think I want to be like this. I think I need to be careful to not be like that. And we make our way based upon attempting to protect the next breath from everything we don't know. Well, let me tell you, we don't know anything about the next breath. It is as open as if the cup of the grail were not physical, but were the numinous sense in every human being to become the Christ, to become the inner breath of the vowels in the word Yahweh, to become the veritable song of God Muhammad, peace and blessing be upon him, learned at the bosom of his milk nurse when he was sent out to the desert after birth for several years to grow strong. One mother who bore him allowed another mother to bear him into toddlerhood. The space between the two women is filled with light the space between Sarah and Hagar, if we would stop fighting, is filled with light. Oh, my goodness. These two women who bickered and were with the same man, but not harmoniously. One was a slave, one an owner, one was younger, one older. What happened? I go, well, the space between them was filled with the light of God. Next breath. Would Sarah like tea and Hagar? Would Hagar like tea and Sarah and you and me? Tea growing up in the high hills of the world in some nation, planted and cultivated by someone, the leaves picked by another human being's hands and packaged and shipped that we might converse about serving tea to the ancestresses of us all. Because the light in Sarah is also the light in the mother of Lao Tzu, in the wife of Confucius. Next breath. Well, we know what to do. We know to become essentially, safely, at rest in time. Oh, historically, the light and sound and physical form of the creation 
of all of the heavenly bodies, sun, stars, moons, throughout vast places in the cosmos, beyond our human ability really, really to conceptualize of that body, the celestial bodies, and the light, sound, and creation in your ancestors and mine. Until we achieve a place of respite or rest in time, in eternity, to be conceived and born and live in the very depths of our hearts, within ourselves, and internalize the blessing of this so completely that we turn to one another seeking only that in one another. Then another being is stimulated, inspired to embody their aspiration. My weapon can come down. Oh, and we turn to them. Would you like tea? And then through that other being, their aunt or cousin or progeny safely is moved in their own incarnation from wherever they are on the earth to move in a direction of life at rest in eternity with the respite of being safe in time, throughout time, here as themselves, whoever they are. And our honoring of this principle and embodiment of this principle allows a safety of the sailing of that little boat or ship that is in relationship to the great mystery in every other human being and every other tree and rose bush and flowering plant and grass and seed and animal and element, fire, air, earth, water. And we begin to embody the transcendental light, the clear light of reality, from which all the light beyond our ability to see with our eyes occurs, and all the light in the spectrum we can perceive with our eyes and senses occurs. And the shadows, the places we would not let be in light until we let go of the control. I must control the universe first. I go, no one will be able to. It's not ours to control. It is ours to find the control that allows the discernment in oneself to be blessed, that allows the discernment that the great mystery is as safely born and achieved in you as it is in me and in everyone else. Then 
Each one of us is on our path. When we embody this together, we begin to represent a constellation of humanity as an individual, as a couple, as twin souls working together side by side, as friends, as relatives by blood, or through spiritual quest, or the habits of playing in the neighborhood and going to school, attending school together, caretaking one another, that all shadow is resolved through your breathing, your prayer and practice, that every cell of your body become a willing instrument of that light of the mystery of God. It's clear. It allows all other light to exist through it. And when one walks into a circumstance with that clear, transcendental light moving willingly through one's incarnation, other people will tend to be inspired by it or not recognize initially that anyone is there and then move through in their own breath and movements forward. Who is that? What do they want? Or, oh my goodness, look at the beauty of that being. Or, oh, hmm, well, who are they? Because <clears throat> there's no projection against the human being when they're in that space of attention or of prayer and practice. <clears throat> it's just how they are of the mystery of God, meaning how you are of the mystery of God. So the practice becomes where two or more are gathered in my name in the phrase of Jesus, attributed to Jesus. We pray and practice that we together, you and I, you and someone else, myself and someone else, are praying and practicing as children of this, students of this. Then we allow that an ancestor long ago, meaning a predatory animal or a human being from another tribe who caused harm or to whom we caused harm, we take in the next breath a kind of skipping of the energy. Oh, well, we didn't know yet how to survive the saber-toothed tiger. We do now. Oh, we, we didn't know yet how to not harm one another, but we do now. And then, from eternity in the past of our ancestry as human beings, to the present breath, and into eternity, in a sense, coming back to meet us everywhere and always, we recognize Oh, we are completely of this mystery, blessed, next breath, alive. Oh, all shadows of my ancestors, of all of humanity, resolved into the light 
the Buddha was seeking. Oh, what it is to be a human being, standing in the footsteps of Norman MacLean, his father preaching at the pulpit, or fly fishing on an afternoon, teaching his sons to look for the ways of the Lord, of heaven, transforming all violence back into remembering the one who created us, so mysterious that the very heart of hearts in all that we are turn only to how do you practice your culture, your faith, and you, and you, and you, and myself. Oh, how shall we have tea together? In conversation as children of heaven on earth, everywhere and always.